Word has it on campus that Winger's too busy hanging out with his cool new lawyer friend. <laughs> Slow news day. That's your Carson? John Stewart. You depressed me. Good morning, Greendale. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And these are your morning announcements. Today, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 2. It's a lot of twos. Accounting for Lawyers. We are in a duopoly here, so that's great. Um, mm-hmm. I want to ask you about your what you would name a pop and lock a uh, team. So because the funny... Oh, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> Just I was go gonna, ahead. I was going to say, the funny thing is, I kind of assumed this was going to be your question, and yet I came up with no answers for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Legitimately, I had no idea what the question was, and I was like, I was about to do the intelligence thing and be like, who is the worst influence on you? <laughs> and that answer is me. Uh, but, but yes, uh, what... What would the name be of your pop and lockathon dance troupe? Uh, first of all, trick question because I would never be in a pop and lockathon dance troupe because mm. I uh, cannot dance. Um, famously, uh, my body has no rhythm. Sure, I like I like how the uh, you've used the second rule of improv, which the first rule is yes and the second one is no and here's why. The second one is trick question, idiot. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna so okay. So, roll that, rolling that tape back. Uh, you ask me a question. What is my pop and lockathon dance troupe name? You know, you and me and five others clearly have to have at least seven. Uh-huh, at least seven. Work. What is the name of our troupe? Uh, I'm gonna go with shirt pop and lock situation <laughs> i mean you know what it's not bad i mean it's pretty bad and only makes sense if you have listened to that specific episode of back to the futurama um, or anytime we've referenced that episode of back to the futurama um i'm hmm uh, i've got one for you okay hit me with it sure pop and lock homes okay okay i like that Sure, pop and lock homes. Um, I can dig it. Um, see, I, my brain just keeps going to pop pop, which is a, a character we have not even meant, uh, met yet in community. <laughs> not yet, not yet. So, I, I, my brain, like, have you ever had that where it's like your brain just like latches on to something, and so like you're trying to come up with uh you know like maybe a crossword puzzle or something or you know anything where you need or like scrabble this happens to me in sure, scrabble yeah. a lot where my brain's like you almost have enough letters to spell excite <laughs> and it's like okay well cool you saw the e you saw the x now you're obsessed with it right i don't you kind i don't of have those. yourself in that spot i don't i don't have the rest i'm those are the two letters i have and my brain's like excite you can do this how do you do this how do you and i'm like no stop it stop it <laughs> um, yeah I've, i it, it you can definitely anchor yourself in a spot and you're like well no this is not gonna help at all mm-hmm. uh or like no. sarah and i like playing code names duo uh duet code names duet mm-hmm. a lot and that happens to both of us a lot where we're like I have a clue for that. That makes no sense. And my brain just fixates on it because I'm like, well, I would get it. All you need to do is have played final fantasy seven and also have read this one specific book. And then obviously cloud is a perfect, uh, uh-huh. uh you know, but like it but her work. experiences and your experiences do not match. They, in that no, way. they do not. Um, not even close. So my, that's what's happening with my brain right now is it is it is stuck in a magnitude pop pop uh, thing, which doesn't even work. It doesn't even no, work as doesn't. a name. It's just pop pop. It's just like pop and lock pop. Hop on pop and lock. 
That would be my team name. Ooh, that one's actually pretty good. I like that one. Okay, we got there. See, I just you had know, we to... just had to we just had to ex- discuss the uh-huh. the fixation, the the anchoring on pop pop, and we got to a place where it made sense. Right. I had to get it out of my brain, and then once my it was out of my brain, my brain was like, okay, cool. Now we can think of things. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with that. Hop on pop and lock. That's. I think that's better than sure. Pop and lock homes. Excellent. All right. That was audio garbage, but we did it. <laughs> I'm sh- I can't wait to see how much gets in the episode. As often I say, I realize on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes sometimes they're real good though. I mean, I I've been uh I mentioned it to you already, but I was listening to an old episode of Back to the Futurama uh cuz I I need to get uh some episodes f- uh that I've done for um reasons. Uh, I need to collect them for like a portfolio. Ooh, um, po- bringing up a portfolio. Look, look at us sounding like uh-huh. intelligent and and content creators. And that's, the whole, that's wonderful. The whole first part of the episode of the, our Futurama podcast was you hatching a Scooby-Doo scheme to somehow dress up like John Elway and uh, <laughs> gain control of the Jacksonville Jaguars to make them good. And yeah, that feels about right for me. The whole time I was like... Man, this show is great and dumb and amazing and dumb. <laughs> Sometimes we just capture that energy. So, you know. Sometimes you just got to capture the right energy. Uh, and sometimes that energy is you asking me a question and me staring blankly at you until my brain just says, you're going to say something. Just go. So season two, episode two of Community Accounting for Lawyers, we start out in the cafeteria where everyone is wearing hats. Uh, Jeff notices and wonders if the dean is going to have an event or if the hat club is continuing to struggle to be noteworthy. You're talking about him. I talk about a lot of things. Uh, Truthfully, Um, uh, being mentioned on this podcast does not uh, necessarily make it noteworthy. So I did spend quite a bit of time. But this is the, 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 we, we are in Canon, the, uh-huh. uh, the announcements. So the uh-huh. announcements have now talked about the hat club. I mean, I did spend a lot of time last episode talking about blank. My dad says the CBS show, mm-hmm. uh, which is not at all notable. So, you know, <laughs> except for the joke, it, the thing is, it was, it 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 was within the episode, so we had to talk a little bit about it. Unlike that one time in, in Back to the Futurama where you talked about it for a while and it wasn't part of the episode. The episode involved William Shatner, so it was relevant. Everyone's wearing hats and then yeah, the mean, dean comes up. Stretch. Every, the dean comes up. Uh, <laughs> it was totally relevant. The dean comes up totally and he is relevant. wearing some Oktoberfest garb but also some like bling and uh-huh. he's like guten tag homies it's Oktoberfest. but also for reasons i already forget it's also poppin locktoberfest so uh it's not often that german culture is celebrated and Britta suggests that it's not it's not often everybody wants to and any agrees with that for known reasons um the dean ha- says the celebration has never drawn huge crowds and he says something that it may be because of the diversity of campus, which is a weird thing to say, but this is why we are adding, quote, adding some color to it by christening it Pop and Locktoberfest. Yeah, you wanna you wanna talk about a stretch? This is a stretch. Yeah, my, it's it's my amazing that the dean is about... making doing a stretch when he's it, he's mentally doing the splits here. My rant about blank my dad says was way more on topic than Pop and Locktoberfest, but that's fine. Let's just judge me because why not? I'm here and you can judge me. I get it. I don't wait. I wasn't <laughs> judging you at all. Now, like we've moved on to the dean. Uh, the winner gets an iTunes gift card. <laughs> yes, the winner does get an iTunes gift card. Uh, so. <laughs> know why that pause we both had after we kind of acknowledged that it was an itunes gift card and just kind of paused and like just left that emotional space there for us to both kind of like realize yes Mm -hmm, indeed mm -hmm. Uh, is an itunes gift card 
Jeff and Abed uh, are walking over. Yeah, Jeff and Abed immediately start leaving uh-huh. uh, because Shirley is excited about the dance contest and starts talking about what the group should name themselves. Yes, yeah, so Jeff and Abed walk away from this situation as I too would have done. And <laughs> probably, hopefully, you didn't make you wouldn't make a suicide joke. Eh, I mean, it was 2010. It was a different time. Sure, does not <laughs> did not age well in uh, hindsight, though. You're you're really gonna let me get away with that one, huh? And just be like, it was a different time for suicide <laughs> jokes, and then you're like, yeah, yeah, you're right, Ben. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> I, I'm all I'm saying is it didn't it 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 was on network television, but it did not age well in the year 2020. Although uh, I believe we've we've made a, uh, I I think that's just millennial culture to have uh, jokes about death now. Yes, absolutely. Jeff says that he feels like the school gets a little bit more cartoony every week. And Abed says that uh, it's true. He painted a tunnel and it's starting to dry. So he's going to maybe try uh, closing his eyes and running through it uh, later on. You got to try. I mean, I see no downsides here. Uh, It's hard to see downsides when you close your eyes and run at the wall. It's also hard to see upsides when you close your eyes. Yes. But, you know, bones will, will heal. Yeah, notoriously uh bones heal <laughs> so they're fine do whatever you want with them so jeff sees <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you want with them they're your bones jeff sees a guy in a suit um and he's like oh crap uh i used to work with that guy um and he's just like oh man this is this is everything i need and so you know, sarcastically. And Abed says, uh, excuse me, sir, you're all my friend needs. So he's from your origins. This is all I need. Excuse me, sir, you're all my friend needs. Yes. And uh, the suited man, who his name is Alan Connor, played by Rob Cordry, a very funny comedian who spent four years on The Daily Show, uh, greets Jeff. They used to be co-workers. Uh, Jeff admits, at first, Jeff says, oh, I was, I'm a teacher here. Wait, nope, that's even more sad. I'm a student. Every time I see Rob Corddry, I'm like, oh, he's that guy who plays all the like asshole guest characters. But then I looked at his IMDb and I'm like, well, I recognize two of these roles other than the community one. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I just am imagining that he always plays jerks. He was in Hot Tub he- Time Machine and he was in an episode of Party Down mm-hmm. and this. He he was also Children's Hospital where he was kind of... Un, like unhinged out of touch kind of thing like kind of off kilter from the world a little bit in an off kilter world and he was also on the daily show where he was kind of a jerk most of the time and i have not seen anything uh since apparently because i keep reading these things i've i've seen ads for him uh during football games on the unicorn i have no idea what the unicorn is about it apparently is a sitcom it 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 has Walter uh, uh Walter Walton Goggins in it. That's all I know. Okay, uh, I'm going to assume it's about either a literal unicorn or a threesome. So Alan is there for Narcotics Anonymous, mm-hmm. uh, and so he's like, "Hey, you know, we should get a drink later because you know I stopped doing blow. I'm not. I didn't stop being cool. Right. Uh, this is after he tickles Jeff." It's a weird thing to see happen. They they mention it. They they explicitly mention it much later. But Alan's character is bi curious, which mm-hmm. seems like an interesting choice. I mean, even still, the tickling thing is weird. Yes, agreed. It's it's not a thing you do in a in a in a uh, public in, place in a public place. Uh, again, anything in a bedroom is perfectly fine between consenting adults, but it just seems like an odd thing to do in next to a vending machine at a community college. Mm -hmm. My college roommates once discovered I was ticklish, like extremely ticklish. And so they liked torturing me by, uh, all trying to tickle me at the same time. Uh, and then it stopped when I accidentally punched one of them in the nose because I'm so ticklish that I cannot stop. And so I was flailing and punched him in the nose, and then that put an end to that. So sure, um, the way to solve all of life's problems is to punch people in noses. That is the moral of my story. You heard I it don't here first. Know. I, I, mm. 
There is a reason I said consenting, where it doesn't sound like you were consenting to it. In I was the, not. And then I punched him in the nose and it put a stop to Well, you to did it. do that. Yes. And that's how you solve all of life's problems is by punching them in the nose. Just like sharks. Just like sharks. Shark coming at you, punch him in the nose. Roommate tickling you too much, punch him in the nose. Too many noses, You're- punch it in the nose. Pick Your one. Podcast host is too late for the podcast. Punch him in the nose. <laughs> yeah, you just better be lucky that we're doing this remotely, and I can't I punch know. you in the nose. Trust me, <laughs> there's enough stuff I've done, I've, 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 uh, I've messed up on in this podcast uh, world that that you you have some some banked punches in the <laughs> nose, my friend, for for me to just kind of accept in my face. Good morning, Greendale does not condone nose violence. Uh, we cut to the study. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> My chair okay? got away from me on that one. You doing okay over there, bud? <laughs> It's just something about the way that nose violence is a term now that I loved. We go to the study room. Chang is showing off his pop and lock abilities. And he's like, look, you you need at least seven people to stand a chance in a competition like this. And they're like, well, yeah, we have seven. He's like, no, no, no. Winger's too busy hanging out with his cool lawyer friend. Troy suggests that they'll, they'll get back to him. And then Shirley says that Alan is a bad influence to Jeff. And lo and behold, Jeff and Alan come in and Jeff uh, says he'll be a bit bit late today because Alan and Jeff are going to hit a sidebar or any bar. Yes, we we also skipped over it, but Britta tries to do uh, uh, an impersonation, uh, the slow news day Mm -hmm. with with the collar tug. And then Alan does it. And then uh, Troy's like, man, he's got Britta down, which... (laughs) I I love that a person doing a bad impersonation of like it's a whole chain of it's a thing. I can't explain it's it. It's good. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes there are things you just can't quite explain. Uh he introduces himself to everybody and he thinks that he, he looks familiar. He looked familiar. It's possible. Have you or someone you know been injured at work? Oh yes. A shrimp boat ran over my cousin. That's serious call me. How is that not an episode of Community? That sounds like an episode of Community. I want to see this shrimp boat running over a cousin. How in the world does this work? Right. And all the history of side anecdotes that are briefly mentioned but never explored, a shrimp boat running someone over is one I want to see. I need it. It is a need. It is not a want. I just realized I basically said the, not in so many words, but I basically said, I want to see someone get run over by a shrimp boat, which is a It sentence. is a classic conflict for a television show. Mm-hmm. You've got on one side, a person. They generally like to stand. You've got on the other <laughs> side, a shrimp boat. That's usually on the water. How does this conflict come into motion? Does it run him over while he's in the water then how does that is how is their pain because it moves around in the water now if the shrimp boat is on land clearly that's not where the shrimp boat's supposed to be so here there's a clear conflict here could be good uh stay tuned for shrimp boat and the cousin the this fall on nbc no I cbs wanna, I, cbs I, would I, show I, that garbage they showed blank yes, my would. dad says I, I do want to uh, just uh, one note to the name, Man versus Shrimp Boat. And then then you've got the kind of, uh, you, you can pull the reality show angle to it. Mm-hmm. Can this man defeat this shrimp boat? So wait, so you're posing this as a reality show where every week one man goes against one shrimp boat. Yes. <laughs> Until it, it and then whoever loses has to leave the island or whatever, okay. wherever a shrimp boat generally is, probably the water. Um, the uh, let's let's put everybody on an oil platform that's been decommissioned or whatever, it's fine. And then you just have this group of men trying to attack this this group of, of shrimp boats one at a time each week, and then at the end, you have this one big mega finale where all the men 
that are still available and all the shrimp boats that are still available have a massive naval battle. You're telling me you wouldn't watch this? I would probably watch that. Uh, we go to the bar where Jeff is having a great time with his buddy, Alan. Uh, Alan says, hey, you should, you know, come by the office, which Jeff originally says that he, he can't show his face there. And then Alan's like, Jeff, you know what lawyers call someone who defrauds the state bar, cheats on his LSATs and cons his way into a firm? Best lawyer ever. Tomorrow uh, Alan- night, office party, you're my guest. Uh, Jeff initially rejects it, but then, you know, I think I'll go. Back in the study room, Troy's like, what does Alan have that we don't? I'm going to guess a lot of things. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, A link to the lawyery pass. Uh, Annie doesn't like all the drinking and carousing because it's a gateway to narcotics. And then immediately remembers exactly how she knows Alan, but can't say. Which Britta immediately is like, that means he met him in Narcotics Anonymous. And she's like, yeah, okay. He said something in a meeting, but I can't say what it is. And, uh, But apparently she can play charades about it. Right. So, because they're just like, what if you don't tell us? You just act it out and then we guess like charades, which Abed is immediately into. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to watch this. And so, so, so this, this scene, uh, as uh, in the year 2020 reminds me of a, uh, I think, uh, you're a big fan of the, uh, am I the asshole, uh, Reddit Twitter oh, yeah. account. Uh-huh. And there's this one that is, am I the asshole for telling my brother I met his new girlfriend at an AA meeting? And oh, everybody yeah, uh-huh. says, yes, you're clearly the asshole here. Annie's the asshole. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're, you're, it's supposed to be confidential and anonymous and yet you're doing the things that are the not the other ones uh-huh there were it's like going to fight club and then talking about fight club and then also it's not the fighting even though it's your first night there are two rules to fight club there are three fight rules to first... fight club because well, the second rule is there's no talking about fight club it's it's the same rule but they really want to emphasize it so that way if fair. you break it they can get you on two counts of, exactly of two counts thing. of law rule breaking but i'm just saying these are the rules. Don't do the things. Ah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know we're supposed to like Annie, and Annie is flawed, but this is why. You're breaking so, confidentiality. Also, for whatever reason, she feels the need to write this down in a notebook. So, like, I guess so she can look at, maybe she's just so tied into charades that she's like, I need a small scrap of paper that says what I'm supposed to act out. Uh, And if uh, I don't have that, if I don't have that, I cannot actually charade. I will con. I won't even know how many words there are in it. So she writes Uh, it down. This does immediately backfire because Shirley just picks up the the note and says, "Okay, Alan got Jeff disbarred," which is a shame because I kind of want to see how she'd act this out. Right? Like, I mean, Jeff. I assume you just like pretend like you're combing your hair up or something Mm -hmm. and holding a glass of whiskey. Boom. That's Jeff. Um, Alan, I guess you just like, you know, adjust a tie because he's like the only person wearing a tie. Right. How do you pantomime disbarred? You probably have to do it in sections where it's like, okay, first, uh, first syllable or a second syllable, a bar Mm -hmm. and they're like drinking at a bar. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you you that's probably how you do, you got you get that one and then you kind of figure out how to do a diss and then I think once you've got that you can get the disbarred. Okay. okay. That's I think is what you're going to have to go with. But I do think it's funny that the entire uh the expectation of the scene is subverted by Shirley just grabbing and reading it. <laughs> uh-huh. It's very funny. When Jeff walks in, Annie says, "Okay, uh I know this guy. He is he's the one who turned you in you're the he's the reason you got disbarred mm-hmm. and jeff says that it's circumstantial evidence at best um and that the relationship between the group and him is codependent the group doesn't want him to be happy they want him they want to him to need them uh he's also like any other conspiracies yes did you know that gogurt is just yogurt <laughs> i love troy 
always having the loosest grip on the conversation it's 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 wonderful i mean i feel like he's just always like he's always thinking about other stuff so the moment you give him an opening like maybe he learned that a week ago and he's just been waiting for someone to ask about yogurt and so uh-huh. or any yogurt close mm-hmm. like ideas that you could suggest is a conspiracy theory oh i know this thing about yogurt let's talk about yogurt also gogurt's kind of gross so i think it's actually like bad yogurt okay i'm gonna google this is gogurt <laughs> bad yogurt it it does come up in seven kids foods to never eat excellent because it is basically sugar milk yep that sounds about right. So it seems like ABC News agrees with you. At last. I've, uh, ABC News finally agrees with my hot takes. I've been waiting my <laughs> whole life for this. <laughs> you know, you, you got to do what you got to do. And my life's mission is to get ABC News to agree with me on something, apparently. So I did it. Um, I finally did it. I can quit. You can now be... You can now become a force ghost. I have been watching a lot of the Star Wars recently. I can quit and become a force ghost. That's uh, just what I always wanted. So <laughs> the millennial, the millennial, the millennial dream. hope. He doesn't really believe it, and um, he's just like, whatever. Who I'm wants go- to believe that yogurt is bad? Yo- Gogurt is bad. Yogurt is what I'm saying. He's like, I'm just gonna go. Uh, well, they, they ask if he's going to be at the Pop and Lockathon tomorrow night. And he's like, nope, I'm going to a cool party at my cool former law firm where my life was cool. And at that precise moment, because he has been basically a gargoyle perching, waiting for his moment, Cheng comes in and he's like, hey, and then uh, so they kind of have to take Cheng because obviously you need seven people to win this thing. It is a well-known fact about pop and lockathons. It is a well-known fact. We then go to the fancy law firm party uh, where the head lawyer, Ted, who is played by Drew Carey, gives a speech about wanting to be the head of a firm so no one would, would talk about the big weird hole in his hand. And as a reward for the restraint of everyone not asking questions about the weird hole in his hand, he drops an olive through the weird hole in his hand. This whole scene is wild because the first time I saw it, like it is every like every time you see the hole in his hand and the trick with putting the the olive through his hand i was like wait does drew carey have a <laughs> hole in his hand <laughs> i've watched you know, how much news line is it anyway and i've never seen that hole in drew carey's hand the big obvious hole that he can just plop an olive right through how did i miss this is this a new hole how did it how is how did this, this come to be hole? Good morning, um, Greendale. Is this a new hole? Wow. So uh, I guess it's more suited for ringing my bell. Uh-huh. So there, <laughs> there's a lot going on. In this moment, In yes. this moment. So I was curious about this. So I, I watched the Drew Carey show and I didn't see a weird hole in his hand. It's weird that he just had this weird big hole in his hand and nobody mentioned it across all like 10 seasons of the Drew Carey show. But I, I was curious enough about this that I was like, okay... Because I'm pretty sure Drew Carey does not actually have a hole in his hand. And so I I had assumed that, like, if I looked to this episode up on IMDb, it would be like, here's some trivia about how they they managed the visual effects on this hole in his hand. There was none. So I'm like, okay, let's look (laughs) it up on Wikipedia. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't mention the hole in his hand. So I'm like, nobody on the Internet is confirming that Drew Carey doesn't have a hole in his hand. <laughs> like maybe Okay, I found an I found an image uh, okay. of Drew Carey not in the community uh-huh. where he does not have hole in his hand either hand. And it is is it is his uh he is he he is uh he's slimmed down. Mm-hmm. So it is a mm-hmm. more recent picture I think and neither neither hand has a hole in it. I will I will I will copy it and send it over to you so that you can see it as well because I think we're having a a shared delusion here. There it is. Um, um it's got both of his hands like like mm-hmm. like so and you can see both palms, no hole. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Uh, they could have photoshopped that. Anyways, so yeah, I was just they like... They certainly could have photoshopped that, yes. I was just like... I Like I said, I expect it because usually... I mean, when you look up anything on IMDb and you look at that trivia section, it's like... The reason it looks like that car is going fast in that scene is because they drove a car really fast. <laughs> like... No matter that does how, feel like a good trivia for IMDb, yes. No matter how pointless that trivia bit is, if someone thinks they know how a trick was done or how uh, uh, or something goof. made it into the script or... Yeah, I looked up IMDb for this episode and they were like... Like in the goof section, somebody's like, ha ha ha, Jeff mentions that he was really admiring the lawyer's SLK, but that would have been in 1990. Uh, the SLK wasn't made until 1993. So obviously it couldn't have been an SLK. And I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks. What about the freaking hole in freaking Drew Carey's freaking hand? <laughs> We're focusing you, you, on you the wrong things. You can't the, tell the me that. The thing we need to focus on is the hole in somebody's hand. So I just assumed that like maybe on the commentary, it's like, cause I've never listened to the, the commentary. Um, re- did you, how far did you go in this rabbit hole? Not a rabbit hole, not in a hand. Let me just be more specific. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a new hole, so not very far. So anyways, so I was like, you know, maybe, maybe in the commentary or something, you know, it, it says that, but usually people will be like, I took this trivia fact right out of the commentary. If you watch the commentary at minute 14, they specifically say that the reason the car was driving fast is because it uh, looked like the car was driving fast because they drove the car at 64 sure. miles per hour. And then there's a corresponding goof to say that car was only capable of going 62 <laughs> miles an hour. Uh-huh, right. It's like very, very pedantic. Meanwhile... Drew Carey's character has a freaking hole in his hand that they, A, it it moves like a real hand. So it's not sure. like, it's not like a fake thing. B, they did a trick where they plopped an olive through that bad boy. Sure. There is thought and, and effort that has gone into this hole into Drew Carey's hand. Sure. And the IMDB page does not mention it at all. There's also nothing about it on the fandom page, which is also wild to me. Right? I looked there, too. They're just like, yeah, he's got a hole in his hand. And I'm like, how did, how, what, like. (laughs) I do love how this character only has a first name. The character has a first name, but we know more about the hole in his damn hand than his last name. So anyways, Drew Carey does not actually have a hole in his hand. But if you try to. If you try to figure out, just looking up this episode, like, how'd they do the hand thing? It doesn't tell you. (laughs) Don't. So don't look on the internet for more information about why he has a hole in his hand. How they did the hole in his hand. How they did the olive trick. You're not going to get it. You want to talk conspiracy theories? Forget the Go-Gurt thing. Hand hole gate. (laughs) I don't like that. I don't like that. Handhole Gate is the biggest conspiracy of 2020, which really it was in 2010 because we're getting at this 10 years late. We are late to this, but the internet is not. I do, I do, I do appreciate later. Or uh, uh, Jeff says that most people would wear a glove, but he commands a room with it. Anyways, we spent 20 minutes talking about the hole in Drew Carey's hand that is not there. Uh, But (laughs) Jeff says he's going to go talk to Ted. And Alan says, hey, when you do that, could you like mention me? He keeps passing me over for partner. Clearly, you got to you got to get get that partner is is what you got to do. The rest of the study group does come in dressed quite nicely. Uh, and Pierce says, okay, just follow my lead. You guys have not, uh, I've been in high society a lot. Just follow my lead. Um, immediately causing a huge commotion, knocking over a ton of glasses of champagne. Classic Pierce. Classic um, Pierce. Also, frankly, if we're going to be talking real, if I were in high society, guess who's knocking over a lot of glasses of champagne? This guy. 
Jeff is like, wait, like, what are you doing here? You're not invited. We find out they were invited. Alan invited them. Mm -hmm. Um, And Alan puts his arm around Annie and walks away. I also noted that he, uh, because I I can't say the other word, uh, noted that he eye screws Annie because he looks her up and down pretty hard. I felt violated. Like, sure, as as we all do when when Alan is on screen. Uh, I said Rob Corddry is very good at his job. He's very good. His job just is being a jerk. <laughs> whether he's hot tub time machining it or whether mm-hmm. he's lawyering it up on community or whether or, he's or solving or uh, fixing people in children's hospital or in the one episode of party down that he is in he's he does it all he does it all as long as all is oh, the one thing that we've mentioned and according to his imdb page does not have a hole in his hand because i'm Wait, requiring that's not it that's not even <laughs> rob cordry now i'm requiring imdb to list which actors have holes in their hands after this because otherwise this conspiracy keeps going we got to get to the bottom of this we gotta we gotta list this on everybody's wikipedia page well i mean if we're gonna start listing we have to start with uh drew carey obviously Uh then jim caviezel okay does he have a hole in his hand it's. It, I mean, it's certainly possible he was Jesus Christ in the Passion of the Christ. Okay, cool. So this is a crucifixion joke. Got it. This rules. Yes, that was the, what I did was a crucifixion joke. Correct. This rules. We are definitely getting into heaven when all is said eh. and done. We nailed it. Good job. Good job, team. We're going to go up there and Jesus is going to be like... <laughs> First yeah. off, I love it. Good job, team. That was... Jesus is going to be like pretty good guys to be fair jesus has got his 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 compliment of wine he's probably like ha, you got me good all right cool he's gonna be like he's gonna give us a high five with those hands and then he's gonna and then he's gonna be like he's gonna be like you nailed it so oh <laughs> jesus is the real jokester oh we're we're gonna get some hate mail on this one i think um it is going to sound like the handshake that uh, Jeff has with Ted later, yes. where there's a hollow sound, which is a wonderful little detail. Uh, cool. Now that somehow we have gone on a 20-minute rant about Drew Carey's handhole and then made a bunch of jokes about crucifixion. So, um, <clears throat> we have... We have who, who, who wants to stay on topic? Not these guys. Not us. <laughs> This is what happens when we miss a recording date and do this on Sunday as we are. Oh, no, it's the Lord's Day. We're doing a <laughs> double sacrilege. Um, cool. Uh, awesome. Fortunately, this isn't work. Speaking of crass humor, Britta says that um, once Annie gets Alan's office number, they should break into his office and uh, fu- uh, go through his email, hack his emails she specifically mm-hmm. uses the word hack as though they are like sure. computer geniuses. And no, then none of them are. And I don't, th- especially not Britta. Annie comes over and she's like, okay, floor four, room 470. But first he said it was 69 and I want to Purell my brain. I just feel like maybe in 2010, like making jokes about 69 was like, sure that's gross and now because now i feel like everyone does it every podcast sure. i listen to is pretty much like 69 that's the sex number right it's the sex number and then there's the 420 which is the weed number and those are just kind of jokes that get made mm-hmm. like that's just living in 2020 is like even if it's not a thing you're interested in you're just like oh 69 that's that's the sex number Send and everybody it. has a hearty laugh <laughs> and they move on a sensible chuckle I do say that is the sex number, my good boy. <laughs> okay, I, I think I find this our joke podcast, quite agreeable. I think this podcast is me just naming ways for you to react to things and then you reacting in that way because I think that's the best thing we've come up with so far, other than man versus shrimp boat. That was pretty good. Um, no, I do, I do like man versus shrimp boat. I would, I would like some royalties when uh, the uh, what is it TLC the the former Learning Channel decides to make that. I mean, assuming I have not cut it out, the whole uh, rant about uh, meeting Jesus and him thinking we're funny is 
that's 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 a, that's that a thing. Good. That's pretty good. We'll see if it stays in the episode. So, oh who boy. am I kidding? It's going to be in there because I'm a masochist. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, Jeff goes over to talk to Ted, and um, yeah, Ted misses Jeff, uh, and then Alan immediately comes over and is kind of grating, which yeah. is. Good job by Rob Cordry to make him so grating because boy, he does a weird thing about like, I want the brain. I want to eat it. Let's have, we can both have sex with him. It was very weird. Ted, stop hitting on my date. (laughs) I'm kidding. We can share. (laughs) I get the head. I love the brain in there. I'll eat it. It was, it was a thing. So... (laughs) Meanwhile, the the rest of the group is like, hey, um, or Shirley is like, do you think we should maybe notify someone that our team's not going to make it to the pop and lockathon? And then Pierce says, like, anyone cares? Cut to Chang checking Chang in. Caring so much. Their team name is the Heather Heather Pop and Lockliers. A very good name. It's pretty good. Uh, meanwhile, Abed, uh, Troy, and Annie go up to Alan's office. Abed has brought caper stuff, including chloroform, which will be very important later. Uh, Troy tells Annie to be the lookout, which she objects to. And Troy says, Kanye and Kumar get taken to jail, but Annie gets taken to dinner, which is, yep. you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's aware of, of what the situation is, uh-huh. certainly. Uh, she's also mad because she's like, I'm not just a distraction. And while she's doing this, she's kind of like bouncing in anger and her boobs kind of do a thing. And Troy is just like staring directly at them because, you know, making a point about how distractible mm-hmm. Troy is when it comes to boobs. Sure. Abed also didn't do seem to be distracted by them as well because he did not catch any of the words that, uh, that any said. Mm-hmm. So, this is where Jeff tells the story back downstairs um, where he is like, it's a whole story about the the only person he ever really cared about was his mom and right. uh, his mom liked his dad and they split up and it was messy. And then the, the divorce lawyer uh, was cool and calm and collected. And he had a, a, blue mercedes slk despite the fact that according to the goof section in imdb the slk did not exist at the time sure but nothing about his handhole um <laughs> that's fine i do want to say though so, i do want to say the reason he tells the story is not just like unprompted uh ted uh jeff is surprised that alan's not making partner ted's surprised he hasn't fired him yet uh, he's a spineless jagoff, and if Jeff can, the best lawyer Ted has ever employed, can tell him he likes Alan, he'll make a partner. And then the mm-hmm. the story of who he admires, uh, uh, Jeff admired the divorce attorney um, because he could rise above the sloppy stuff and look at the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to IMDb trivia, the Mercedes SLK is a car, so they do a handshake. <laughs> And then <laughs> they do. It took me a minute to realize that <laughs> the car, the the last word of the trivia was car, because you just kind of get moving on. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'm assuming there's something interesting about. Nope, just a car. Okay, cool. They shake hands, and that's when you get that popping sound because of the the hand hole. It's- such a um, wonderful, wonderful small detail because community is always focused on the small little details that I really appreciate mm-hmm. of it. Ted suggests that Jeff come work as a consultant, uh, and Jeff's like, "Yeah, you know that that could be that could be good." Um, yeah, he would he would love that. That's what he wants. Um, but he hears Britta laughing, and he goes to see what's going on. And Britta is with a lawyer named Philip. And if Britta f- sleeps with him once a month, she can use his beach house in Rio whenever she wants. Yep. Which uh, I believe uh, Jeff makes some allusions towards the newest profession, prostitution. Yep. It is a brand new, uh, brand new, never been attempted before profession. Uh, Shirley comes comes up and thinks she, she has a civil case about the quote-unquote bitch that stole her husband. 
Uh, but Jeff tells her not to sue a stripper. Uh huh. It's it's a pretty iconic Jeff line because she's like, "Why not?" And he says, "She's a stripper. Life sued her, and she lost." So that is, uh, yes. Uh, I do want a, to be. Yeah, it's a little it's a little narrow minded. I mean, it's I do, a little narrow minded. I do it's, understand uh, a lot of women who get into it do so through desperation of circumstances. Sure. Um, but also I know someone who, who used to be a stripper and like it was her choice to do it and she had a lot of fun sure. doing it and, uh, the money was good. And so she has yep. a lot of, uh, actual fond memories of, of doing that. So, you know, it's a little narrow minded to assume that sure. all strippers, uh, have done so because they are in bad places. Right. And also this, this podcast is pro worker, regardless of what situation that they're in let it be known pierce has found out about an island in indonesia where you can hunt people for sport he's way too into this so let's move on way too into it up in Uh, alan's office first of all i want to point out that i have never noticed before but he has a sticky note on his monitor that simply says smash mouth and i want to know is this his computer password why else would he have a uh sticky note that says smash mouth okay so let me so i'm here i i hear what you're saying love it love it i do want to point out that i uh after going through multiple weeks of therapy now have things above my monitor that say you know count to 10 before responding remember how good it will feel when it's done i am basically talking about like when i get angry and when i procrastinate uh to try to get through things and and you know so things like that so maybe what i'm saying alan has a thing that says smash mouth about how he wants to live his life so when he gets an email he looks over smash mouth what would smash mouth say it's like i'm walking on the sun so uh first of all this is making the assumption that alan is the type of guy who would ever go to therapy ever which i don't think Sure, I, I, you well, can. Well, he wasn't Narcotics the... Anonymous, so maybe it's true. Okay, okay, maybe, maybe, I take it back. maybe that's the higher power that he's found through the twelve-step process. Smash Mouth of is the higher Anonymous. power. I mean, there are worse higher powers. Hmm. Uh, book of Book of Smash Mouth twenty-one seventeen. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. Amen. Let's let us all read the book of Smash Mouth. Uh, please turn to page sixty-four. Get the show on. Get paid. All that glitters is gold. Only shooting stars break the mold. Amen. Now, <laughs> when we think about glittering gold, what does that give to you? And now I'm a pastor in the Church of Smash Mouth, and I didn't mean to do that but instead here i am uh well you know what they say uh the uh don't stop coming something about the feet running i apparently (laughs) i i thought i knew the words and then i didn't and i'm surprisingly happy about the fact that i don't know the words first off well done second off you didn't notice the long pause where i've googled the lyrics Oh, I noticed. <laughs> uh, yes, they they do find this letter. Okay, so um, the lyrics are, I just so that you know, well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. That makes no sense. It doesn't. They do find the email. It says, to whom it may concern, it has come to the attention of this law firm that Jeff Tobias Winger, which first of all, why Jeff Tobias Winger and not Jeffrey Tobias Winger, but I digress, uh, that... Uh, a practicing attorney here for more than two years has misrepresented his credentials during the interview process. He provided the firm with a falsified document stating that he had attended Columbia university where he received an undergraduate degree. Upon investigation, we have discovered Mr. Winger did not attend said university and therefore is not eligible to practice law. We ask that the bar association perform their own investigation into the matter and authorize them to take whatever legal action they deem necessary. So that's the letter. I had never actually taken the time to pause the screen and read it before, but that's what it says. 
I was hoping that it would be funny in some way. Uh, but then I wrote it all down and I was like, well, I'm not going to do all that work for nothing. So <laughs> with this knowledge, I could put this in the trivia section for this episode on IMDb and be like, this is what the email says. To be helpful to society. To be helpful to society. I will change IMDb for the better. I will put the information that needs to be there. So they print it out. And at this point, the janitor comes in and he uh, he's played like, by Stephen W. Bailey, a character actor who has had guest spots on Buffy and Angel. Oh, nice. Who was he yeah, on? It, who was he on Buffy? Wow. It okay. did not say. OK, cool. Helpful. Um, good talk. No, I, I literally went to his uh, uh, Wikipedia page and it was a paragraph. That was it. But he was on there. Uh, let me see what I can find on IMDb, the information, uh, the database that you are clearly... Uh, he seems to have been Cave Demon on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nailed it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. It's very funny to me. He was Ryan on Angel. Aha. I don't know who that is. So cool. We've done uh, it. In the episode Carpe Noctum, an old man uses an ancient incantation to switch bodies with Angel. His His name in that was Ryan. Ah, okay. Ryan. I don't know that I've seen that I, episode yet. I like yet. the We're fact still... that he was Cave Demon in three episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Three? And you can't give him a better name than Cave Demon. Recurring Cave Demon. So uh, the he janitor... He was also Joe on Grey's Anatomy, if anybody knows that. The janitor comes in and he's like, wait, this isn't your office. Who are you? And Troy says, I can explain. Let me explain. And this is exactly the, the, the stalling tactic that allows Annie to chloroform him. Yes. Uh, it was, I don't know that we mentioned it, but Abed has a bag of stuff for breaking into things, including a credit card and chloroform. The credit card doesn't work, but the chloroform, the chloroform but does. I hope so I did. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Annie runs in and chloroforms him, and then they panic... Uh, it's a wonderful group panic attack, including such wonderful physical comedy. Troy jumps over the uh, the the janitor's unconscious body, and that is it been in a detail that always makes me laugh. It's so good. He also notes, "I don't know what to do. My whole brain is crying." Which big mood? I've been there. Like twenty twenty. <laughs> legitimately, the panic attack is the best part of this episode, bar none. There's nothing better. Abed has an idea and everybody acts like they got chloroformed. And then when the janitor comes to, everyone starts to come to. Uh, but the, the problem is the janitor doesn't know who Annie is because he never saw her. And then Annie immediately chloroforms him again. Yes. Um, and it's like, that was a dumb idea. Can we just run, please? I love the detail that is that when they all act like they have uh, been chloroformed, Abed lies down perfectly flat with his arms at his side. Yeah. Uh, it's very good. And like, like legitimately like just, just like a, just like if you were dead. Right. <laughs> they, they would drop like, every, like Annie is like sprawled out. Like you would probably be if you got chloroform. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that I've always loved that little detail because it's like, that really rings true to Abed just being like, well, I'm supposed to look like I've been knocked out. How does that look? Like I'm I dead. lay down. Okay. Done. I will lay down now. Um, uh, so one little small detail as they're running is very important to me as well. Troy trips over the janitor's body and also says, sorry, as yes. he leaves, which is such a small little detail, but it's so wonderful to me. And Donald Glover is just full of those little details to me that are just so perfect. A uh, quick vignette over to the Pop and Lockathon. Chang is still going despite being on his own for four whole hours. But <laughs> Can he... you imagine popping and locking for four hours? I can't imagine popping and locking for 15 minutes. Yeah, I can't imagine doing it for four minutes, let alone four hours. So, uh, But he is in his happy place in his mind, which is him in the study room with the study group and everyone Making is everybody else laugh. laughing at his amazing humor. He's into To the it. point where Jeff is like bowing down to him. Which is a lot. I don't think Jeff bows down to anybody. Not even Agreed. his Lord and Savior Smash Mouth. So, uh... No, that's Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen Jeff at any of the uh, the services, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. 
back at the party, uh, Pierce. Uh, so, oh, sorry. No, uh, back at the party, Jeff <laughs> is talking to everyone. Um, and he's he's like, hey, you know, you shouldn't, uh, you know, prostitute yourself out and you shouldn't sue strippers. And he's like, and Pierce, do I even have to say this? It's bad to hunt men for sport. Yeah, he he's uh, he basically watches everyone start to become the worst versions of themselves, which is a um, fast turnaround. This party is rough because they have been at this party for less than four hours. Agreed. And they are already ready to literally hunt i mean pierce probably would have done that already um, yeah pierce's pierce it wasn't corrupted but the others were i do think that 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 shows a point of view from the shows about how how it feels about lawyers but that's a different discussion um any troy and abed come running up with the email that alan sent and jeff's like yeah you're right alan's a bad friend but he's a good lawyer and caring is lethal in the lawyer sphere. So you guys go and win that Papa Lockathon. I'll see you guys on Monday. Right. Uh, he specifically says that caring is a disease, and you have it, and I don't. Um. And uh, so they're like, "What should we do?" And Annie goes to put more chloroform on a rag because now she's she's got her one trick. She's a one trick pony, and that mm-hmm. one trick is chloroforming people. It's better than being a lookout. Uh, Troy a- actively says, stop doing that. Jeff goes over to talk to Alan, who has been promoted to partner. Um, so that that worked fast. You know, if if Jeff tells you to do a thing and kind of can make it work, you do it. It's going to happen. Yeah. Alan has been promoted. And then he's like, look, man, I mean, I, you, you know, you know that some, it was someone here who turned you in and that's why you got disbarred. And man, this is this isn't gonna be easy to say. And then he like pauses for a moment, and he's like, "It was Thompson, mm-hmm. the same Thompson who adopted three three at risk teens and donated his kidney to a temp." Yeah, it was all a ruse. Um, exactly. It, it, he he quit right after Jeff left. Uh, Jeff does know that his wife died, though. Alan's like, "Cool, uh, let's go get some drinks to to celebrate." And uh, Jeff is like. Uh, no, you go ahead. I think I caught something at Greendale. Uh, Alan misinterprets this as some kind of sexual, you know, uh, sexually transmitted disease. Mm -hmm. But I believe he is referencing the caring that he discussed as a disease earlier. Caring could be a sexual disease. I'm just going to throw that out there. Jeff has had sex with somebody at Greendale. So maybe that's how he caught it. Maybe that he's. He didn't care, and then he slept with Britta on a table, and then he caught caring, and now he cares. Prove me wrong, I, internet. It's not on IMDb, so it's not <laughs> necessarily canon. I, I, I look forward to our listeners uh, proving you wrong at Good Greendale. The way to prove me wrong is to get it on IMDb. So at the Lockathon. Or tweet lock-a-thon, and follow us and write us a review on iTunes. It's down to Apple the, Podcast. Sorry, it's down to the Heather Poppin Lockliers and the Pippi Poppin the the one with Starburns. The one with Starburns and Garrett. The Poppy Lockstockings. Uh, they, it's down to them. Pippi Poppin Lockstockings. Uh, something like that. It's the Poppy Lockstockings. All these pop and lock puns are hard to say. The poppy lock stockings. This is why I like hop on pop and lock. Pop on pop and lock. <laughs> it's easy to say even Sorry, as I screw it up. Sorry, it's very funny when you're like, it's easy to say mine. But, 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 pop and pop and lock and pop in. That's the one. Pop and fresh. Ooh, pop and lock and fresh. There it is. Mary pop and lockins. There it is. See, now we got tons of them. We just needed to get all of our idiot juice out. Clear our brains. Yeah, we needed to call out Jesus first, and then we can make up all these puns. <laughs> Chang is is not doing great, but then Troy tags in. So finally, finally, Chang gets to take a break. Uh, uh, but- Troy's heart isn't in it, though. Um, mm-hmm. And Brett is like, why don't we just quit? Who's Who really even cares about this anyway? And Jeff comes in and does a duo routine with Troy. Yep, and which includes doing the puppet, which uh, is a good little bit. And so, you know, the, the fact that Jeff now cares, he caught caring. Um, but he also now has leverage over Alan because of the group's uh, retrieval of that, uh, the um, 
the email. Mm-hmm. So it's a good place to be. He cares so, so, and he has leverage over a, a partner at a law firm. Exactly. So they all go to hug Jeff. Um, but because now Jeff has been parked on the dance floor, it disqualifies him and they lose. And Chang is very angry. He had been popping and locking for five hours and they still don't admit him into the group. Uh-huh. Uh, which causes him to start breaking down into a maniacal laughter. And the dean is just like, okay, that's really starting to get disturbing. Someone move him. Can we get him moved? Thank you. So we cut to the tag. Remember that tunnel from early, from like an hour ago? You know, you know what they say about a tunnel painted on the wall in the first act? It's got to come back in the credits sequence. <laughs> uh, so This is a Chekhov's tunnel sequence for sure. Abed has painted a wall, a cartoon wall, and he's like, Troy, like Troy's walking by. He's like, Troy, I did it. I painted a wall and I, I, I'm in. I made it through. And, you know, the, and starts talking about like pies. Yeah. Being the able smell to of lift pies can and, lift yeah. you up and uh, levitate you and, and all of that, like all the cartoony things. And he's like, you just got to believe. And so Troy closes his eyes and he's like, I believe. And he's about to start running. And Abed pops up from behind a dumpster and he's like, no, don't, don't, don't believe. You don't need to believe. Um, it's like, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't going to believe. Walks and he walks and, away dejectedly. And even Abed is like, oh, I may have done some damage there. So. Yeah. It's, it's a very it's, good tag. It's a good tag. Uh, but that's the end of the episode. And that means that it is time for. I think this is a really good episode. I think it, it's very funny. Um, and I think that it's got a lot of different beats to it that, that are, it, it basically brings the entire study group out of Greendale for once mm-hmm. and into a different environment. When and I, I think was, you get to, when I was looking up, uh, whether or not Drew Carey has a hole in his hand and oh trying boy. to find out how they did it all. It did mention on the, uh, Wikipedia, I think that, uh, the writers were basically like, they wanted to do an episode outside of the school for ages and so this was finally like their opportunity to do something not in greendale so yeah and i think i think that really kind of broadens the world of community and i think you get a lot of different aspects of the different characters that you wouldn't get through in school like you get britta kind of you you, like like kind of mentioned earlier everybody comes a worse version of themselves in this kind of adult uh greendale outside of greendale lawyer community because they are kind of like glomming onto what that lawyer community is like i think that that actually also gives you interesting thoughts about what greendale is compared to outside of greendale um i think it's really funny i think it's really interesting it gives you a lot more backstory to jeff and how jeff works and what the world jeff was at when that he had to leave I think it's a really interesting and good episode. And also Chang popping and locking for five full hours is amazing to me. So that at least gets an A. Okay. I think it's an okay episode. Um, We get sort of a a bit more of the arc of Jeff uh, catching caring a disease, a real disease. You know, that you do get uh more to jeff's arc which is good i think overall the episode is fine um i think the the real highlights are the the chloroform thing sure like that whole bit is is really funny and you know i just at the end of the day it's hard for me to care about a plot about a bunch of uh admittedly uh, like self-described asshole lawyers sure. uh, doing their asshole lawyer thing. Like I didn't, I don't think we mentioned it, but I mean um, that when Alan is introduced, he's like, yeah, the, uh, the DA used to call us the uh, litter bugs because we put so much trash back out on the street. And it's like, I mean, it's important to see, you know, where Jeff came from and how right. he, he transcends that. But a lot of the episode is just like, ha, look at all these terrible, awful humans who are lawyers. And I'm like, that's fine. I think it's a good episode, um, but I'm just, you know, it's it's uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I'll give it a B. Um, I don't 
uh, I don't ha- I mean, it's not like bad. It's just like there are better episodes of community. Fair um, enough. So that's that's my take. We want to hear what you think. Uh, the listener that has listened to us for an hour or more, uh, depending on how much we edit out of this podcast, about <laughs> how we how this this episode. What did you think of the episode? What did you think about this 12-minute long episode of this podcast? <laughs> what did you think about how little we brought up Jesus after the episode <laughs> has been cut down? And uh, yeah, we want to know all these things and more. Um with uh, our sincerest apologies to uh, Jesus Christ, um, mm-hmm. so. we we for, we always we always apologize to Jesus Christ in these episodes. Uh, you can do that. Um, I mean, if you're Jesus, you can do that pretty much anyway. Uh, if you are not Jesus, uh, you, you can. <laughs> did you just suggest that Jesus can basically tell us what he thinks of our podcast at any time in any way possible? That's yeah, it's part of his. That's part of his whole thing. He can tell I guess us that. So. If you, I mean, it is raining and windy outside. Is that Jesus telling us we shouldn't be doing this? <laughs> if you are not Jesus, you can let us know by sending us a tweet at Good Greendale, or you can go to GoodMorningGreendale.com, and uh, there is a form that will send us an email. So let us know what you think um because of anything we sure said some things this episode we sure said some things including just now i think that's i i think that'll do it uh yes, hopefully I we'll be we back should... next week and not have been struck by lightning <laughs> here's hoping yeah so you know next time we'll be talking community season two episode three uh which uh pr- probably uh fewer weird religious references so probably not (laughs) because it is an episode about cult oh good all right cool we'll see you next time (laughs) and uh until then i'm ben and i'm mike i I wish wish you luck. luck